You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Another edition of Fully Book Meets. This is a little bit different. It's quarantine editions, seeing as uh, everyone's social distancing, self-isolating, quarantining. You have myself, Mace. Myself, French. And myself, Andrew. And we're joined by a special guest that goes by the name on Instagram of My Free Mind. So we do this thing, we clap you in, my brother. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a clap, you know, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> So, yeah, if you give us a little bit of an introduction and tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Um, from what I gather, what I've seen, I've done my limited research and I know that one of your facets is, is being kind of a life coach. Maybe give us a bit of a backdrop into how you got into that and maybe some other facets to yourself. Yeah, no, cool. Um, so, the life coaching thing, that, that's exactly what I do. Um, and for me, it's kind of giving people uh, a light, essentially, where I know that life provides a load of dark situations and the reason as to why I feel that I'm in a position to do that is because I kind of come from a place of my own pain if you know what I mean Mm. now where I've gone through certain things like custody battles you know the normal breakups mum being on life support and things like this and most people kind of go through those situations and they kind of just kind of plod through it if you know what I mean and we have this whole ideology that you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger but in actual fact unless you're doing active inner work what doesn't kill you instantly <laughs> just kills you in the long run Do you know what i mean like you just internalize the stress so on and so forth so i put my hands on a load of books a load of you know whatever resources i could and i kind of figured out a blueprint of how to manage those emotions that you go through when you're going through life so essentially instead of going through a situation i kind of grow through the situation and I found out what that blueprint was for me. And I essentially now just put that, that story out there. And what I realized is people kind of gravitate towards an understanding of that pain because they go through their own pain. And that's what people resonate with. So that's pretty much what it is. And, and that's how I became that thing. But being a life coach, I never set out to be one. Mm. I kind of only started calling myself a life coach when people started asking me to coach them. So yeah, that's, that, that's me in a nutshell, essentially. And coach them in what? Sorry, Fred. Coach them in what way? Like when you say people started to reach out to coach them, because you've got like I don't know PTs, for instance. What kind of coaching? People just like like to listen to you and say, you know what? Can you help me with getting my next step in a career? What what kind of coaching? Yeah, so so it, it could be corporate coaching. It could be corporate coaching. It could be relationship coaching. It could be any any flavor of coaching that you can think of. And the reason as to why that is, is because most things are, are, are based around and predicated on setting uh, uh, smart goals. Do you know what I mean? Um, they've got to be sizable. They've got to be manageable and measurable. And they have to be, you know, in a certain way. So whether it be your relationship or getting out of a breakup or getting over a breakup, all of these things are predicated on certain a certain amount of goals that you need to set yourself. Do you know what I mean? Of mm. course, we all have these huge, you know, big goals, astronomical type of things, but we need to reverse engineer that and make it kind of more sizable, manageable, so we can actually do that and also be held accountable for those, those things. So, you know, with the coaching, I'm not telling people things that they don't know. And I, and I never profess to be like, 
this you know a genius that you know is is creating these concepts and blah 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 that's that's not the case here a lot of the time people just need someone to help them ensure that they are accountable just like you mentioned your pt you can do the whole process without a pt you can go to the gym you can do the workouts you can do the diet you don't need a pt for that do you get what I'm saying? The, the, the reason as to why a PT is effective is because they know what they did to achieve the body. One, so they've done it before. Two, they know how to, they, they will not allow you to cheat on your reps. They will not allow you to do it in the wrong form. And they will be able to get you to that place a lot quicker than if you did it by yourself. So yeah, you can go on the journey alone. But the way, can you guys hear me? It says the internet connection is unstable. We can hear you. Um, no, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Cool, so yeah. So essentially a life coach or where I come in is to be that PT, but more for life aspirations. Okay. Uh, do you know what? It's funny you should say that because I was actually going to ask you in regards to some of the content that you've got on um, IG, a lot of it's related to like relationships. And one of the questions I was going to lead on to was in this time that we're in, we're seeing a lot of people basically self, well, self isolating in, uh, their houses or their flats or wherever they're living it, with their partner that they may not spend as much time with previously. I don't know what's going on, but I can barely, I, can, I don't know what's going on. I'm in an issue. I'm no, I can, I'm experiencing the same thing with friends as well. Right, it's the domestic calls and things of that nature. So, what is going on? Oh, I'm not going to move around. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You might have to run that question again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I was saying is, in regards to some of your content that you've got, it, it reverts back to relationships. And being that we're in a, a situation where a lot of people are now in in confinement with their partner, yeah. Like, what what advice would you give to those people that are not necessarily spending as much time as they would normally? I'm going to repeat the question to you and you tell me if I got it correctly because I don't know if I missed out a bit. <laughs> I don't know. If I so you're saying through the self-isolation period, there's a, there's a load yeah. of couples that are what, spending more time together now. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and what advice would, would I give in regards to what? Yeah, in terms of, because again, um, you're seeing a lot of calls arising in domestic abuse. Not to say that's everyone's situation, yeah. but... Because you're spending a lot of time with someone that's your partner that you may not have spent as much time with, there's a lot of problems arising. So is there anything that you, any advice that you can give to those that are in that situation? Yeah, no, of course. Um, I think, one, if you're spending time with someone right now, and because you guys are in each other's face more, you're realising that actually, I don't even like the girlfriend I've been with for the last two years. Do you know what I mean? Or, you don't like your boyfriend or whatever, you're realizing that there are certain things that are coming up that you didn't realize before. To me, it's one, you both need to know that just because you're in a relationship and in the same house doesn't mean that you both are on the same time all the time. Do you get what I'm saying? You both mm. still need to own your identities in isolation. Do you know what I mean? So you need to give that person some time. They need some time to still be, yeah, you, you there? They need some time yeah, yeah. To, and they need some time to still have their own time. Do you get what I'm saying? If you're constantly in someone's face, 
they have no time to breathe. They have no time to actually just be themselves how they want to be themselves. Do you get what I'm saying? That's very easy because you're together. You kind of think, okay, cool. We're together. We're actually in this. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're like, there's no escape. We're together. I want to be on top of you. You be on top of me, so on and so forth. But in actual fact, that isn't conducive to you guys uh, get, getting or maintaining a positivity in the relationship. There's always going to be some time where you need that, that space to breathe away from your partner. So I would say, listen, yeah, you guys are in the same house, but give him some time to do his thing. Give her some time to do her thing. Do you know what I'm saying? It, there's, there's always going to be friction where two different people are in the same place 24-7. It just cannot work like that. So the only way that you can actually alleviate that situation of friction and conflict is to actually just remove each other, remove yourselves from that sort of like loggerhead type position and allow each other to exist in the same house, of course, but in your own space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mason, do you want to interject? Yeah, I was going to say, because I kind of agree with the points you're making there, because we kind of briefed some possible scenarios or questions that we could formulate for yourself. And one of the things that we, that we were going to pose to you was whether or not in this time now and in this environment, is it a good dry run for those who are actually practicing on having a long-term, live, basically living together long-term? Because obviously the government advice was, if you've got someone you're seeing, decide whether or not you're going to stay at your own place or do the big one and move in together and see how it goes. But based yeah, on what you said, I'm kind of guesstimating that actually this isn't practice for the real thing anyway, because you actually would, would never spend or see each other as much as we are right now. So having that lunchtime, it kind of depends, depends because if at a certain age, me personally, at a certain age, I'm 28. So if I'm at this point and I'm, I'm a bit more mature, I think if I'm dating, mm-hmm. I'm not dating just to have frivolous you know, relationships and, you know, we do something on this day and then I'll do something else with someone else on another day. If I'm dating, I'm dating to build an empire. Do you get what I'm yeah. saying? And so I'm, I'm dating for the long term. So actually it could be a dry run because the long term would be you guys being in the same house at some point, either raising kids or, or you know, going into a business and so forth. So I think this is a great opportunity to actually realise that it's just like going on holiday together. Like you guys could have been living this this perfect relationship and then you go on holiday for two weeks and you realize oh my god like my boyfriend bites his toenails i can't stand that do you know what i mean like you didn't see that before so it's definitely a great opportunity to realize whether you guys actually work when together all that time again you should always still be giving each other your space and all of these things but for the most part it definitely could be a dry run because now you know yeah we've been forced into this these circumstances it's it's true but at the end of the day in the long run if we got to this point where we were to buy a house together you know what i mean we were to stay together this will be the it will be the same circumstances we'll be together all the time so if it doesn't work now it probably wouldn't work then do you oh, cool. do you think that people actually understand i mean the concept that you raised that as to people actually need in their own space so i mean you may be forced into a situation where during this period of time you have to stay together in the same house, but even within the same house, you actually probably need an hour or two like on your own, whether it's reading, watching something on YouTube, or even otherwise, but you need your own space to kind of like collect your own thoughts. Do you think people actually understand that? I don't want to say in the real world, but when things were quote unquote normal three, four yeah. weeks ago. I think, I think 
people are aware. It's like everyone knows that the saying that no one's perfect. But when it comes yeah. to being accountable for the things that are not perfect about you, everyone wants to de- everyone wants to deflect. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, we say yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, no one's perfect. But when it comes to it, what improvements are you making in regards to your, your imperfections? No one really wants to. Do you get what I'm saying? So the whole ideology of um, of having your own space and stuff like that, I think people know it to say it. Like, oh, yeah, you just need your own space. But when it comes down to it, I think that the undercurrent theme of most relationships is possession. Do you get what I'm saying? And yeah. it's this, this obsession thing. So, you know, you get somebody and, and you're kind of like, all right, well, this is my person now. And it's, and it's kind of like, I, I will, and it's all subconscious. It's kind of like, I, I love you as, as long as you can deliver something to me, whether that be uh, the, the constant uh, validation or the, 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 the emotional stability that maybe I don't possess myself. So when we're in a situation like this quarantine lockdown, I think everyone knows, oh yeah, you know, you need your own space. But I think at the same time, sometimes we may override what we know with what we subconsciously want, which is to be wanted and, and adored and connected to someone. And we don't really know how to manage that. And I think that exists whether we're in quarantine or not. That's a very good point. We don't know how to manage that. I like that. I was just thinking, actually, because I was smiling and laughing as to what I said and what you were saying in response, because in my household, like the way I kind of operate sometimes is I'll get into my room and I'll lock that room. And it's not a case of, not loving my family, but it's like, I love you guys, but from in here, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I love, I love family time and I like having conversations and stuff like that, but it can become overwhelming with some of the conversations that we have because sometimes they can spill over. But sometimes you've got to be selfish to be selfless, isn't it? So you have to yeah. take the time for yourself. And there, there That's what I say all the time. That's what yeah, I say all the time, bro. There was a saying that I had come across, and they say, I think it was my sister. I don't know where she got it from, but she said, you can't pour from an empty cup. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you're constantly giving and constantly with someone, you're subconsciously giving a load of your energy, a load of your effort, a load of your attention to things that are outside <laughs> of yourself. Do you get what I'm saying? Eventually, yeah. that cup that you're pouring into everyone else is going to run empty. So then you won't be able to give them anything from you because you're go- you're- life will force you to have to take a seat away from those people. And that could be in de- through depression. It could be through, you know, stress where you're going to have to go and sit down and take some time. So prior to getting to that point, it is about being selfish to be selfless. Take some time for yourself. Put yourself first in some regards. Do you get what I'm saying? So then you can actually rejuvenate and come back and, and actually, you know, uh, emotionally uh, support these people, emotionally be around these people. But sometimes you need to take that time for yourself. It's, it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you're doing personally at the moment to keep yourself, I mean, like mentally stimulated during this, this lockdown that we're in? Yeah, so I meditate twice a day, but that's been, that's been a long time practice of mine. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's very important to sort of like, again, give yourself that time for your, your brain to just kind of be at ease and, and exist, you know, within itself without any external stimulus kind of throwing it off course or whatever. And also just give your, your, your brain some time to, to see where your thoughts run to. Do you get what I'm saying? So you then kind of know what you need to deal with on a conscious level. Um, that's one thing. I also enjoy, I think it's about having a healthy equilibrium. I enjoy having the conversations with my family as well. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So again, it comes back to knowing how to manage that time and knowing when to switch on and switch off. Do you get what I'm saying? I think our problem isn't that we, we, our problem is that we don't know how to manage that. Do you get what I'm saying? So for me, I know when I need to take some time for myself and that actually helps me remain stimulated through this whole thing. Do you get what I'm saying? But at the same time, reading books, watching YouTube, things like this as well. Do you know what I mean? It keeps the brain ticking over. So, you know, you guys are asking me questions that I'm not necessarily asked on a day to day. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. So again, it's another thing that makes you think, oh, well, actually, what is my view on that? Or what is, you know, how, how do I think about that? How do I feel about that? So just things like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I realise that life itself, we overcomplicate. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. In yeah. actual fact, it's really just meant to be a simple thing. Do you get what I mean? There are, you, you breathe, right? And the, 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 the complex mechanism behind breathing, if we were constantly thinking about that, we probably would forget to take the breath. When in actual fact, all you need to do to breathe is you just breathe. And that's how simple it is. Do you get what I'm saying? You don't think about the back, the, the, the back end of that and the, the, you know, the, the behind the scenes of that life. I did God or the universe make it this way you just kind of breathe and breathing is the most important thing that you could do because it keeps you alive and we don't overcomplicate that so why is it that we tend to overcomplicate other things and I just think it's meant to be meant to be simple so if you can find respite in very simple things whether it be playing the keyboard or like I'm saying you know watching your, your favorite YouTube or whatever that can help you right now just very quickly I mean me and French sometimes have a laugh as to what meditating involves because he's a he's a meditate he's a meditating man and a zen man himself so like can you um maybe expound what meditating is like for you and then maybe i don't know maybe french might do the same thing as well yeah, yeah no, so, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so meditation how do, you, how do you get into it how, how do you get into meditation how do i get involved in meditation yeah. okay cool so the first question was what is meditation like for me um, meditation for me, this is the thing about meditation. It's a really personal journey. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, my understanding is that you want to keep your conscious mind, um, engaged with monitoring your breathing or whatever it is. And that then allows a subconscious mind to become active and do what it needs to do. Right. So your subconscious mind is the thing that monitors your you know, your heartbeat, the breathing of your skin, the, the perspiration that you, you might expire whilst you're sleeping to make you sweat just enough so you don't overheat, do you know what I mean? Or, or increase your temperature so you don't go too cold. Like that's the thing that's, that's there. And it's, it's the thing that keeps you alive, essentially. Now, if I was to ask all of us right now to stop our heart beating, we wouldn't be able to do it because there's something else that's actually in control to keep us alive, right? And when you're yeah. meditating, you're tapping into that energy. Yeah, at least that's the goal. I think what's most important is uh, there's a notification that's come up. It says remain in meeting time. Okay, yeah. It says about 10 minutes. Is that, is that normal? Yeah, it's normal. We're hoping it, should, it should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, ah, it'll run okay, over. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, it's, yeah. So it's, it's about that, that subconscious energy that you're tapping into. Do you get what I'm saying? And, um, th there's a whole load of healing aspects that come through that. Um, so for me, it's it's it isn't meant to be this overcomplicated process it's, it's literally allowing the 
the, the brain to do what it was made to do. And I don't think that you should go into meditation with a viewpoint of, you know, you hear a load of these gurus and stuff like that say, oh, you know, you empty your mind, empty your mind, empty your mind. But in actual fact, if you go into meditation with the viewpoint of emptying your mind and not th thinking, you start thinking about not thinking. So you are thinking. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's more about, all right, cool. Let me just focus on my breathing. So now my, my conscious mind is engaged with that. And now the subconscious mind, which is, which is very powerful, has the opportunity to sort of like become alive and, and do its thing. So that for me, that's what meditation is about and how that's kind of what my viewpoint is. How I got into it, I've always, do you know what? From, I think I was about seven, my mum had a book called Unlimited, I think. Trying to see if I have it in it. Unlimited by Tony Robbins, right? And I think okay. he mentioned he mentioned the third eye or something in the book. And and from young, I was like, yeah, my third eye. I, I, I didn't know what the third eye was. Do you know what I mean? But I was just, I had this natural, I was gravitating towards it. Yeah, my third eye. Like, it was just a thing. Um, and it was only as I got older, I started reading the books and, most of the gurus will tell you that you need to take five or 10 minutes per day just to, to center yourself. Do you get what I'm saying? And there were different flavors of meditation, but for me, it was kind of like, I think it was, I really started doing it twice a day when my mum was on life support. And that was probably about four years ago, but I'd always known about it. It just wasn't an everyday practice. It became gospel around four years ago. And that kind of helped me get a hold of my thoughts. Do you know what I mean? And experience the healing aspects that they talk about. So yeah, that was that was that's kind of how I got into it. Was there a second part to that question that you asked me? So did you want me to explain how I how I feel about meditation? V. Let let me go first. Now I got my answer to my questions. We want yeah, to... likewise I did as well. No, I just wanted. I mean, if truth be told, I mean, Prince, I think he will go into his um, form of meditation very shortly. Um, but I know everyone meditates in different ways. And even as you were talking, <laughs> yeah, I do find meditation. I know I, I like the thought, I like the thought of meditation, but maybe I don't know how to be still. And I even thought about like, I know French, you might be able to relate because we worked in schools um, mm. in that sometimes you have um, moments as the class is ending where there might be some music playing and everyone needs to be quiet, et cetera, et cetera, to kind of wind down the session. So, I can relate to it, but maybe I just find it very, very difficult to be still. And I enjoy maybe something entertaining to have me, I don't know, to have some time to myself, if that makes any sense. Well, I hope it does anyway. Yeah, yeah, it does. For me personally, uh, meditation's been... Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah I can, yeah. For everyone. Yup. Now, you're saying meditation isn't for everybody. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about. Meditation isn't for everyone is what, is what you said. And in French, you were saying you was going to go on to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I was just going to say in regards to meditation being a journey. For me personally, it's not being, I just do it and that's that. Like, even today, like, I meditated this morning. And if I compared it to maybe a day that I'd done it last week, it wasn't as good. Like I wasn't as concentrated. I wasn't able to, to really get into it because I, I do a lot. I, I don't know if it's my connection. I don't know if it's my connection, but I could barely hear. It may potentially be your connection because your, um, 
you're beginning to crack up a bit, but I can hear French. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can I hear you, French. French. Can everyone hear me? I can, yeah. I don't think everyone can, though. I'm not too sure where Lee is. What do we do to our... We good? Right, he's gone. He's there, you, got, you there? Uh, I'm back. It, it all, all just disappeared. Okay, cool. Um, all right, do you know what? Yeah, in regards to yeah, my experience... Yeah. Yeah, 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 we yeah. can. This is... <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> is everyone there? Is everyone can hear everyone? This, this, this is wildly delayed. It's wildly delayed. Let's let's move on from the meditation because yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense now. Still, you see, it is a talk about meditation and energies that kind of threw this whole thing off. Yeah, yeah. amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. All right, cool. Do you know what? On on a bit of a lighter note. I don't know if you guys have seen recently that Adele's been um, in basically getting divorced and whatever, whatnot, and her husband's going to be getting half of her worth. What's what's everyone's take on it as it stands? You know what? I actually saw that um, lightly. I don't know, don't know what I was looking at. I thought it was old news, and it just popped up maybe on something I was looking at. Um, yeah. Like as things normally stand you would generally go half. So if a man, well, yeah, I mean, if the man was the, the main breadwinner, half his, his worth or earnings would go to, to the woman. So I, I understand it in reverse. Um, mm. When I read the message, all right, knowing roughly what Adele's net worth is, I mean, I don't know what the man does. I can't speak on his behalf. But I thought to myself, like, if I was in a relationship with someone and I got divorced, I wouldn't necessarily need or want half. I mean, I, I, I mean, because ultimately you need to kind of like, if you have kids together, which I think she does have kids with him, the connections you the need connection to kind of like really co-parent and make that work. I, I wouldn't want any bitterness between like myself and her, but that's just me. Can you hear us, bro? Let me just make sure you guys can hear me because it seems like it's still really bad. Are we, are we, can you hear what I'm saying? Clearly. Yeah, I can hear you, but your, your image is still, is static. Cool, cool, cool. It seems to be working. All right, cool. Hopefully this works now and it stays like this. <laughs> All right, cool. Do you know what? Getting back to it, because the last question that we, we were speaking about was the Adele situation with husband and whether he should basically be getting half of her worth. Yes. What's, what's everyone's take on it? I know, P, you just, you yeah. just answered. Um, but for me, if you take away gender and you take away the fact that she's a woman, he's a man, mm. right? Mm. and you're just looking at what's fair, the way it would usually go is the mm. money or assets are split. Usually, that's how it usually goes, right? So if you're in a relationship with someone and you love them and, you know, that's how it is for you, then really and truly you should want, if they've played a part in the amassing of whatever wealth that is, then really they are owed a certain amount. Do you know what I mean? Um the only problem is if you're breaking up on on unhealthy terms. Do you get what I'm saying? Because if there's a, a more insidious nature attached to it, then you're not really going to... If that person cheated on you, are you really going to want them to get half of your worth? Do you know what I mean? Probably not. So I think there are different variables. And I don't... 
I don't know the ins and outs of what's happened with Adele and her, and her mm. ex-husband. Do you know what I mean? But for me, if it's a healthy breakup and that person has been instrumental in the, in, in the fact as to why you have all of that wealth, then of course, yeah, they're definitely owed something, regardless of whether it's the husband or, or, the, or the wife. Do you get what I'm saying? But again, I think unless I know the variables that are playing a part in this whole situation, it's kind of hard to give uh, uh, an absolute. Right, just put it, just put it on the um, on a simplified basis. So he's he's a man, she's a woman. I, I'm again, I know, I get what you're saying in terms of to give a defined answer, but just because we always see cases of when a a rich or famous man tends to get a divorce, and the woman hasn't, I'm not going to say in all cases, but they don't have. Right, so, for example. For a sports for a sports player, for a big time footballer or basketball player, whatever it may be, Tiger Woods, you know, yeah. insert the name. They've been they've been training all their life for them to get to the position yeah. that they get to. They reach adulthood, they get married, and yes, their partner supports them to, to an extent, but they're not in. They've not been training since they've been five yeah. years old. But then they'll get married. Whether they have kids or not, they'll be entitled to half what it doesn't make sense to say you're going to get half of what I've done when you haven't put in half of the work. That's what I've got. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't think it's, it's, it's that fair. But of course, like I said, the overarching thing is what are the variables here? Yeah, Do you get course. what I'm saying? It, did, did it, they'll cheat on him? Do you know what I mean? How do we quantify the the emotional trauma that he's gone through as a result? Maybe half of what she, she, she um of what she is forced uh, would be sort of like a reflection of of the pain he went through. I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's hard to say. But yeah, on as a general, I don't think if the person hasn't put in order the work that enabled you to get all of what you've got, then they 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 shouldn't have access that to half of it. They haven't done half the work. What about you, mate? What's your thoughts on it? I feel like I feel like we're all old enough and wise enough now to know that when you sign up for marriage, you know what you're signing up for. Like, and even from even from when I was a teenager, I moved in school. You kind of sometimes joke around with your friends and say, "Nah, man, ain't getting married because right, <clears throat> what married and then she takes half of a man's bits." Like, you kind of know that in it. That's one of the things. And I just feel like she knew what she was signing up for. This is the thing. Sometimes love can blind can blind logic a little bit. And sometimes, yeah, and sometimes people don't think logically. That's why you get these big movie stars, superstars, people who worth millions and billions who will make their woman, they might love them to the earth and back, but they'll make them sign that prenuptial because guess what? You've always got to account for what if things don't quite work out how, they, how they're supposed to or how you want them to. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. I've always kind of thought to myself, you know what? There is this argument now that, that sort of like marriage is almost like a, a strategic plan for some women, not all, but a small percentage of women. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get married to, to a rich guy, that's a business plan for you. You get what I'm saying? Because, you know, at some point, that's... you know, when you look at it, most relationships do not last. Yeah. That's just most marriages end in divorce. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, for someone who's looking for a step up, you know, it, it would make sense to marry someone that's got more than what you have. Because you know, at the end of that, you're gonna be nicely looked after. So <laughs> where that's, that's, a, that's a, 
it's a it's a thing it can now act as a deterrent for genuine men who actually want to get married do you know yeah. what i mean they really just want to get married but now because it's like there's this whole um this whole thing of a load of girls entertaining guys just to go and get free food do you get what i'm saying because we've got to pay for the date so now i know a group of guys that are kind of like all right well you know i pay not, i ain't paying no, 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 I ain't paying. Listen, it's you, you're treating me. Nah, you, gotta play, like, you gotta pay for the meal and the drinks and my, and my Uber to get home. MP, you, know you want to interject? And, and... You want to interject, MP? I know you got a story. No, you know what I was gonna say? <laughs> oh, God. You know what? I was gonna let him go. I was like, yes, he knows what I'm talking about. You know what? It's just a case of, I mean, keeping it short. I think I've, I haven't been burnt, but I mean, I've experienced things where I've had to look at the girl and think to myself, actually, like this girl had zero intention of like reaching for a pocket and in some cases like I was more than happy to pay but like when I actually can see that on your face written on your face then I kind of feel away if I'm honest and then and then obviously from from experience you you make decisions as to I'm not gonna do that again or I'm not gonna be on Bumble as much as I am you know what I mean I can't be taking like I can't be going out every other day or you know what I mean just taking people out and in so you kind of like act accordingly where actually I'm not going to go somewhere where it's that expensive or you know what I'm quite comfortable paying for a coffee you know what I mean I think yeah no 100% I think it's kind of like I think naturally as men we kind of have this oh yeah I want to provide I'm going to show that I'm the provider thing that's the initial natural thing but where you become aware of the fact that you, you know you, you can't ignore that some women are actually operating that way now it's probably not most of them do you get what I'm saying? But yep. where it is, it is an eventuality that can actually happen. It's kind of like, all right, cool. Well, no, I want to see that she actually wants to invest in me emotionally and all of that before I start parting with money. Now, me personally, I don't think that there should really be a correlation between uh, monetary value and, and, and love. Do you get what I'm saying? However, in society, a man's value is definitely measured by how much money he brings to the table. Do you get what I'm saying? Which is a wrong ideology because we offer much more. But when it comes to sort of like the dating thing, you know, I definitely feel that, you know, there are a group of women who kind of operate more of, all right, let me see how he's going to, what, what's he going to buy me? You know what I mean? And I've been out with women who have done that. Do you get what I'm saying? And again, I would always pay. Do you know what I mean? Like, cool, like, what, what do you want to drink? You want to drink something? Or blah, blah, blah. Now, for me, it just, it, it would just be nice if, she turned around and said, no, 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 I got it. More time, I'd probably say, no, nah, don't worry. Like, that would be silly. You know what I mean? But it's when, if she isn't offering that whatsoever, every single time you go out, it's kind of like, All right, so are you meeting up for me because you're hungry and you're thirsty and you want to drink? Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you actually meeting up with me because you're meeting up with me and you want to have deep intellectual conversations? You know what I mean? Because if it's that, cool, of course I'll pay. No, I'll look after you. You know what I mean? It's not a problem. So I think, yeah, it's... it's that's kind of my, my view on it. Cool. I wanted to take the conversation on the slight U-turn because it was probably my initial question that I wanted to ask you. It's probably one of the reasons why I've asked you on the podcast in the first place. Um, one of your last posts, I can't say it's your last post, but I know one of your last posts, it involved two teams that was one was in black and one was in white. And yeah. that's something that came up in our last season of 
the book that we read, which was called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Kahneman. Kahneman, Kahneman, yeah. That's the Zap, the Zap book that we are referring to. So we've done that on our last season. Yeah. And we saw the video play out. I saw the video play out on your, on your IG account. Um, how did you come, well, I was going to ask you, how did you come aware of it? But clearly you've got the book, so. Well, I'll tell you something funny. I have not read that book. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've got loads of books here. I've got loads of, as you can see, I've got loads of books here, right? Yeah. Just because I buy them, because at some point I'm going to read them. But sometimes I'll, I'll buy a book while I'm still reading another one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so of course. I haven't got around to reading that. Um, yeah. the, the whole thing for me, that like, I go corporately and do talks and presentations, right? And I have a talk called The Power of Focus and Perception. And what I realise is whatever your perception is and focus is, is what becomes reality to you. It doesn't mean that there isn't anything else outside of that. Do you get what I'm saying? And through life, you, you develop your perception. And there's all of these psychological biases, just like, you know, buying a new car. If you buy a new car and the colour of it's red, you start seeing that car everywhere as soon as you bought it. Now, it doesn't mean that that car wasn't there before. It just means that your perception and focus was on other things. Do you get what I'm saying? So it always existed. So I started looking into this whole thing because, like I said, when my mum was on life support, my perception and focus was on the, the, the current circumstances. And that was that, you know, things were just negative. Do you get what I'm saying? When my mum was on life support, I lost uh, the relationship I was in and I lost the job that I had. This is all at the same time. Do you get what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So for me... My perception was just that, well, if there is a God, he doesn't like me. Do you get what I'm saying? That was just my perception. So mm -hmm. I started to think, oh, wait, hold on. If I change, because my perception is fueling my focus, because through your, your perception, you start focusing in on uh, uh, things predicated on that perception. So if it's a negative perception, you start focusing on the negative. A negative is always going to be there, but it doesn't mean that there's not a positive reality that you're just not focusing on. So I thought to myself, hold on, because of what's going on, circumstances, I'm tending to look at life from those goggles. Do you get what I'm saying? So if I apply for a job, I'm applying from a place of desperation and I'm also applying from a place of, I'm probably not going to get it anyway because look at what my life looks like right now. Do you get what I'm saying? So the focus was just on the negative. And if I didn't get the job, I'd focus on the, the fact that I didn't get it. Not the fact that actually maybe the building that that job would have been in may have collapsed. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Maybe it was a positive. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? So I started to realize, yeah. oh, the your perception plays a huge part. So if you've got, you know, uh, <laughs> there's, there's this picture <clears throat> where you've got a guy on one side and another guy on the other side, and they've got the number six. Now, from opposite ends, they're arguing that it's a six, and the other guy's saying, well, it's a nine. Mm. But in actual fact, none of them are wrong. You know what I mean? It just depends on how you look at it. So if we're going to say that in this instance, the six is wrong, yeah, all you need to do is change your perception to see it the right way. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where that came from. And, and it, was, it, it all came from that aspect of pain. And I started to say to myself, listen, if I stop looking at the negative and I start tuning into the frequency of the positive, then essentially I will start seeing what's already there. And I'll start realizing the opportunity. I'll start realizing the resources I have. And using that one thing is how I kind of came out from that dark, dark, it's a terrible place. But again, right. my story isn't unique. Loads of people go through worse things. Do you get what I'm saying? And it was through that. And, and it, I'd seen the awareness test, you know, ages ago, like years before my mum was on, in, in, on, on life support. 
it was only when I kind of realized, wait, hold on, we do have this tendency to ignore things that are right in front of us based on our perception and based on what we're focusing on. So I thought, How's, what's the best way that I can actually, you know, display that so people know, oh shit, it isn't that, you know, the light doesn't exist in my life. It's just that my eyes are so used to being in the dark. Do you get what I'm saying? And another thing is, even when you come out, of, you know, when you go to sleep and you've been in the darkness for a while, when you see the light, initially, it hurts. It hurts your eyes and you, you shy away from it, even though yeah. it is the light. Do you get what I'm saying? So there's always this transitional um, um, period that we go through. And it was kind of like me realising, oh, shit, like, this is circumstances I can, can't control, but I can definitely control how I view it and how I internalise them. Do you get what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So it was through that, it was through pain that I kind of had this, this ideology and that's what kind of changed my life, to be fair. Oh, I like that, man. That's cool stuff. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Um, you said that just before, just before this kind of, this whole self-isolation, social distancing, quarantining kicked in, you were actually out in Dubai for four months. Is that work-related leisure? Was you, was, your, was, you, was you planning a life out there, basically? Yeah, essentially it was just kind of, it was just kind of going out there too. I think the change of scenery is, is really uh, uh, positive and you don't realise that until you actually change your scenery, right? Mm. When you look around London, and, and listen, London's my home, I've been here my whole life, you know what I mean? I, actually, I love London. But when you look around, just being around the same people, being around the same routines, being around this, this whole uh, uh, cycle that essentially just makes up your life. Um, in fact, yeah, let me turn on the light as well. Yeah, so being around, um, being around that, it just becomes really routine. So you don't have this opportunity for your brain to trigger new messages because you're doing pretty much the same thing every single day. Do you get what I'm saying? So for me, it was kind of like, all right, let me go out and experience something different to what I had always been used to. And it forced me to, one, grow as a person because there was no one I could depend on. I was out there by myself. I, la I literally said I was going on the 14th, on, on the 1st of December. I landed on the 14th of December. Do you get what I'm saying? So it was a decision that I made like that. I got out there. I didn't know anyone. I, didn't, I, I had an, uh, a hotel for the, the week. And after that, I found somewhere to stay. Do you get what I'm saying? So it was literally just being dropped in a, a brand new place where you don't know anyone. You don't even know if they speak language really out there. Do you know what I mean? So that's what it was for me. And the, 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 the emotional growth that I had experienced then, I, I can say that I would now, at, at any point, encourage my own kids to go and do that and be financially cut off so they have to find their way. Obviously, I'd, I'd be there to help. But at least they will have that growing. It's almost like a rite of passage. Do you get what I'm saying? That's literally what that was for me. I've always, I think it depends on your, your, your mindset to certain things, right? I am, I am always going to be a mentee regardless of whether the person's a mentor or not, if you know yeah, what I mean. Shoot, shoot I'm, like, I'm always trying to, yeah, I'm always trying to pick up on what that person's saying, why they're doing that, 
So I've worked with investment bankers, I've worked with entrepreneurs who are just doing their own thing with their own businesses. And I've sat down with all of these different types of people. I've had the nine to fives. I've been around, you know, successful people in every different flavor. And although I've had official mentors, yeah, but I've always found inspiration and lessons. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I've always been a mentee, I've always been learning. And I think that's just who I am. Because at the end of the day, if you can leverage some of those mistakes, it means that you don't have to make them. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for me, I was always asking questions. And I, I don't mind being the annoying person asking the stupid questions. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Because if you ask enough stupid questions, you become smart. Like that, that's no, that's very, very true. Mm-hmm. You never want to get to a place where you feel that you're no longer asking stupid questions. Because someone's always going to know more than you know. Do you know what I'm saying? So I would like even even speaking to you guys, it's a different experience for me. So I've learned something else. Do you know what I mean? So that you know, a group of people can come together and do this. Do you know what I'm saying? That's a new experience for me. I've learned something from this. So yeah, I have official mentors and stuff like that. An investment banker was one of my mentors. It was good to just follow. I literally just shadowed him for a year. Do you get what I'm saying? He was 30, he turned over, uh, I think it was over 2 million before his 30th birthday. You know what I'm saying? So, that you have a certain type of personality um, that enables you to experience that type of growth in the business world that you can apply to everything else. So, that was one of my mentors. And yeah, I've, I've, so I've had official mentors, but I'm always an unofficial cool. mentor. Um... There's going to be a lot of people, I think, at this moment in time who kind of have goals. And the reason why I say kind of, because some people are going to be, um, I hope not, but it's the, it's the nature of the beast. There's going to be some people who are going to be a bit worried with where they are at this moment in time. And there's going to be some people who are going to have the perception and the, the outlook to be positive and have outcomes for when we actually get out of this, this period of time. Um, so, like, I mean, what, what would be your... Sorry, sorry what are your... I don't want to get too personal as such, but I mean, what are some of your goals in within this period of time? And what would you advise people in relation to things they should do to maybe have a positive outlook? Potentially even um, finding a mentor um, such as a banker. Yeah, um, I think that we, social media, especially nowadays, kind of forces everyone to kind of think that they need to be setting up a business and getting rich and you know, doing all of these things. And, and then that kind of becomes everyone's by default goal, at least in the back of their heads. And then there's this disconnect between where you're actually at and where you think you should be at. When, in actual fact, the whole thing is to be happy within yourself. That should be the goal. Everything else is, 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 is bonuses. Like if it's business, if it's, you know, you know, starting a new hobby, learning piano or a language, the first thing should be, are you happy? Are you waking up happy within yourself? How far away from depression are you? Do you get what I'm saying? That should be the, the, the first goal for everybody because so many people are very close to depression and they don't even know it. Do you get what I'm saying? So the goal should scary. Be, and it's so true. You know, it's, it's very scary. It's like, you can look, look, a load of people are one heartbreak or one breakup or one argument away from depression. Mm. You know, that's a scary thing, right? So at this point, where we've got added pressure, where there's this pandemic going around, where we're, we're so close to death, basically, is what we're, what we're being told. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it isn't about starting a business right now. If you've got the mental capacity for it, then yeah, let's set some goals and and, um, uh, and chase that. But for the most part is uh, make sure you're looking after your mental health. Do you get what I'm saying? I think it's very important for us to be excessively and obsessively selfish with our energy, you know, and, and, and ensuring that, you know, I'm keeping a bit of me for me. And I think that should be the goal because we don't know how to manage that. Um, now, if you're talking about actually setting goals and other things like that, you know, if you were being the type of person who kind of sits on the couch and watches TV all day and you were doing that before the lockdown and you're still doing that now you're in the lockdown, then it's got nothing to do with the lockdown. That's just you as a person. So, yeah, you should identify one huge goal. Then we reverse engineer that and we say, all right, look, you want to be a billionaire. OK, cool. We understand. Uh, you're not going to do that tomorrow. Yeah. So. Let's not look at this huge mountain, yeah? Let's just first say, are you even able to walk up a flight of stairs? Because if you're not, then that goal is nice and it sounds good, but it's a form of self-sabotage because subconsciously, you know you're not going to do that goal. But you're making yourself feel okay and vaguely motivated because you've set a goal. But it's a goal that you know you're never going to hit. But at least no one can say to you that you're lazy because at least you've set the goal. So in your head, you think I'm doing something that's worthy. But it's, if it's too big, you know you're never going to do it. Um, so I think it's more about identifying the big goal, but then breaking down all of the small goals that you can do day by day. We're not asking for, you know, excessive work every single day. It's more about smart work every single day that you can manage. And if you look at building a wall, a brick individually is very, very, very small, right? But if you lay one successfully, right, every single day, after a year, 365 days, you will have a huge wall. That's what it's about. So it isn't about saying, all right, cool, look, I've never built a wall, but tomorrow I'm going to build one. Probably not. Not going to happen for you. But if you say, tomorrow, all I want to do is lay that first brick. That's all I want to do. And that's what I'm going to focus on. And I'm going to do that. for. I'm going to make sure it's, it's laid perfectly. Then that's the type of goals that you want to be doing through this. Do you know what I mean? And those goals could be anything. It, it literally, it's su- such a personal journey. But for me, if you're talking about my personal goals, again, number one would be, all right, cool, look, I'm managing my mental health perfectly. That's, that's it. That would be number one. Number two is ensuring that the equilibrium between family members remains healthy as well. Because again, if that messes up, then any goals that you set in terms of business or, you know, learning, blah, 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 it's going to be living in the shadow of what's really affecting you. And your household uh, uh, relationships can really take a toll. So making sure that that's also um, in, in, in order. But then personal goals in terms of business and things like that. For me right now, I'm in this growing stage where I have a message. Um, I receive m- multiple messages per day um, talking about, how the, what I've put on social media is changing people's lives. And to me, I didn't know that it was, it was even that big of a deal. Do you know what I mean? I just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm just putting it out. Do you know what I mean? I'm just putting it out. You know, it, this is my story. I'm just putting it. But it's actually making a difference for, to, to people. And for me right now, the only goal is growth. Do you get what I'm saying? At some point, of course, the, the, the desire will be to, to monetize that. But it is about growth. It is about changing people's lives. It is about helping someone see something differently to how they saw it before. And if I, and I always say, if I can affect someone positively, at least one person with every video I do, 
then I'm doing my job and that's my goal now. Cool, I like that, man. I like that a lot. I mean, we're not going to keep it for too much longer, but there's a couple of questions that uh, we'll probably ask you. Then we'll get into uh, a quick game about books. Then uh, yeah. we'll, we'll wrap it up from there. Of but course. I was going to ask, uh, in regards to, uh, you've mentioned mental health, is there anything or any advice that you can give to people that they can that can help with their mental health at the moment if they're struggling with anything or they may have they may be in a predicament or a situation where they may not have anyone to talk to or things of that nature at this moment? Yeah, yeah. I would say it depends on what the situation is, but writing out your emotions is always therapeutic. Do you know what I mean? There's something about taking the thoughts from that, that are in your brain and, and, and letting them go through paper that, that's um, through, through, through the, the action of writing that's actually really effective. Do you get what I'm saying? I would say the basic thing that with what I do with life coaching, I'm not telling people things that they don't know. I'm kind of reminding them of the power that they already knew they had but kind of forgot. Do you get what I'm saying? So there's things that people know of but they just don't do. And then they say it's not effective. Like affirmations, you know, if you're talking about mental health, if we're not talking about things like personality disorders and, and schizophrenia and stuff like that, you should go no. and seek professional help if it's something like that. Of if you're talking about anxiety, depression, stress, so on and so forth, these are things that are literally to do with how you process the outside world. Basically meaning it's all about how you think about things. That's what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. if you're depressed, you're talking about your thought processes land you to a place of depression all the time or most times, right? So you have to upset and uh, interrupt that thought process. And that's literally how you deal with that depression. I've had depression before. When my mum was on life support, when I was going through, you you feel it, do you know what I mean? It's there, everyone will feel some sort of depression in some capacity at some point. Now the way you start um, um, dealing with that is becoming aware of your thoughts. Now I had, um, I became aware of a concept in, um, with the law of attraction, and it's meant to be a gratitude exercise where you take an item of, of, uh, of sentimental value to yourself and you hold it with you in your pocket or something like that. And every time you touch the stone, you are meant to say something that you're grateful for. So it gets you into this whole um, state of being thankful and able to receive more, right? But with mental health, again, touching on thought processes, if you have that, that item in, your, in your, your, your pocket or your bag or whatever it is, and every time you touch it, you just simply ask yourself, where is my head at right now? What are my thoughts? Do you get what I'm saying? Because most of the mental health issues in terms of depression, stress, and anxiety, they come from that subconscious thought process that you don't consciously even know, which means that if you're... Uh, can, if you're um, experiencing 70,000 thoughts per day that you're not aware of, and most of them are negative, then actually if you interrupt that thought process with the stone and ask yourself, it kind of interrupts that and stops you thinking in a certain way, right? So after mm-hmm. you do that for, for long enough, it takes 21 days to establish a new habit. So if after 21 days you keep interrupting that thought process and diverting it to more of a positive place, then after 21 days, 30 days, so on and so forth, you should experience at least some sort of uh, uh, respite from your usual thought pattern. Um, But again, these are things that most people won't do because they experience problems and pain that's so big. When you tell them something that's a simple fix, they say, well, my pain is this big. How can the fix be that simple and that small? But in Mm -hmm. actual fact, 
again, that's exactly what life is meant to be. It should be a simple fix. Do you get what I'm saying? You didn't get depressed by anything complex. You're not feeling that anxiety by anything complex. Just because you've experienced some things. That's it. So if you can think your way into a place of negativity, well, how do you get yourself out of that? You think your way out of it. Do you get what I'm saying? And, 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 and that's literally it. Um, and obviously there are circumstances that land you into these places. But again, I've stopped labeling things. And this is another thing that I'd say. Stop labeling things good or bad and just label it part of the journey. Do you get what I'm saying? I can see that you're a gym guy. So you know, you enter the gym as being the person that you don't want to be. And you essentially have a view of who you do want to be, right? And you go through this whole journey of basically torturing your muscles and destroying them so they grow bigger and stronger to, to deal with the pressure that you're putting it under. That's how you get to looking as, as good as you want to look. Simple as, right? So how can you really label the pain that you feel as a negative? You can't because it's actually instrumental in getting you to where you want to be. So it's not good or bad, but it is just part of that journey. Do you get what I'm saying? So don't run away from it. Embrace it, right? But what you have to also know is every single day, yeah, it hurts. Like, it doesn't feel good. And I, I, I never tell people it does. But you always turn back up the next day or the next week to go and do your set. Do you get what I'm saying? Because you ain't got no choice. This is life. You've got two choices. And the, the choice is you either live or die. Do you want to live happily or do you not? Do you know what I mean? That, that's it, right? So embrace the fact that there's going to be downs. It's going to happen, right? So uh, another analogy I always like to use, and it, a lot of this is about changing perception. If you look at the, the monitor that monitors your heartbeat, right? It goes up and down, yeah? And that mm-hmm. means you're alive. The ups and downs mean you're alive. If it's just straight, which is what most people want in their life, just a, a, a nice free flowing <laughs> life, that means you're dead, you're gone, yeah? So having ups and downs is a huge indication that you're alive. And as long as you're alive, you can always bounce back from the downs, right? And you will find that if you you have the right mindset when you're in a downtime and you don't label it as a negative, you will learn the most there. You will learn the most. Do you get what I'm saying? And when you bounce back, the bounce back will be tremendous because of how much you've learned when you were down there. Do you get what I'm saying? So again, Mental health, with, if we're talking about depression, anxiety, and all of these things, it's changing the perception, yeah? And it's also, a load of people have never been taught to be mentally strong. It's, you don't learn it in school. It's, this is no, it's a lot. Thing. It's a lot that we don't learn in school. Yeah? We need so to. we don't learn yeah, it. Carry on. Yeah? Mm. So, for me, it's like, well, at what point are you going to start learning? You have to start learning, right? And it starts with the, the, the decision that you make, and you say, but listen, I don't give a damn. I don't care what I'm going through. It has to be you making that decision. I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care what breakup it is. I'm going to survive it. I don't, like, I don't care. That, that's the attitude that you need to have with yourself. Because look, most of us will dedicate so much time and energy to other people. Yeah? We're giving everyone everything that they want. Financially, emotionally. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're givers. We're giving it. Right? But when does anybody usually give the same energy to other people? When do they ever give that to themselves? They don't. Really? Yeah, very, really. They never really do. So mm. then you ask yourself, well, why is it that people have, have depression? Well, you're not giving yourself the love that you deserve. That's literally it, right? Yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying. You can't pour from an empty cup. Do you get what I'm saying? So 
with the, the mental health, the, the brain is a, is a processing unit and it's there to just process the information, right? But you have mm-hmm. to understand that if you overload that processing unit, just like if you overload the computer, it starts moving slow. It can't process the information properly. It starts having viruses. It's more susceptible to, to the negativities that, that are in the, the interweb. Do you get what I'm saying? And your brain is the same way. Do you get what I'm saying? If you do not take some time to offload what's in your computer, which is in your brain, of course it's going to stop working properly. Of course. Yeah. All you've got to do is take some time and file out that information. Realize what you need to keep and what you don't. And then your brain will start working correctly. Do you know what I mean? And one more thing on that point, uh, I know I'm talking a lot, but one more oh. thing on that point is that what people don't understand, people are, are getting to know it now, which is amazing, but you've got two characteristics of the mind, which is the, the conscious mind and subconscious mind. Do you get what I'm saying? And the, the conscious mind, you, you have to really understand the relationship between the two. The conscious mind is the one that's rational, is the one that I'm, I'm using right now to have this conversation. But the information I'm using is coming from somewhere else. It isn't a conscious process. So the, the, the conscious mind, yeah, the conscious mind is the thing that gives instruction to your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind, with repetition, whatever is repeated to the subconscious mind, it will digest it as truth, whether it's true or not. Whether it's true or not. Right? It's funny. So, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, whether it's true or not. So if consciously you're always speaking down to yourself, you're subscribing to the beliefs of everyone else and what they say about you and you're taking that in and you don't correct it, you don't tell yourself that that's incorrect. You've grown up in a household where your parents might have told you, oh, you're disappointing. You know what I mean? All of these types of things that we, we all may have, have, have experienced directly or indirectly and you don't change that. That's all passed on to your subconscious mind. Yeah. So you now get used to that negative input. Now, what's crazy is the subconscious mind is the thing that keeps you alive. So if the input has been negative, you find comfort in a burning home of that negativity because that's what you're used to. And your identity is now attached to that. Right. So I'll tell you the crazy thing is as soon as you now start saying, well, I'm going to change my life and be better. Your brain will treat the alarm bells start ringing off and it says, wait, hold on he basically said the equivalent of he's going to jump out of an aeroplane because your safety net has now become negativity because that's what you've known. So when you say, no, I'm going to elevate, your brain says, no, 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 we don't want that. So that's the reason as to why certain people say, oh, I'm going to the gym. They know it. They know they should do it, but they won't do it. Man, it's an important thing because them type of people are the people that need it most. Do you get what I'm saying? Like they exactly. need it most, and, and we don't. So if you're a man that's on the road and you're you're doing road and you're doing all of these things, when does anyone ever sit you down and say, "This is how you manage your emotions," or "This mm. is how you overcome what you've seen"? Because if you went to war, you would go and get you get therapy, you would get all of the you know all of this aid because they realize that you've been in these these situations that are not what the average person should be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's men on the road that are going through similar things. There are oh, so many people that have PTSD, but it's just un- undiagnosed. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's our responsibility, people like us, to come out and say, all right, cool, look, they're going to ignore you because they're going to ignore you, all right? Mm-hmm. But I know this. I know I've worked in mental health. I, I've studied this, yeah? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can talk in this 
prim and proper way and put on my suit and tie and seem like I'm not you. But I'm you. Yeah. I know where you're from. Exactly. I know the struggles exactly. that you're facing. You get what I'm saying? So that's where it is for me. Cool. Nah, appreciate it, bro. As I said before, bro, before we um, slightly got cut off, I wanted to play this quick game mm. and then yeah, we can call it a wrap. But I'm sure you've heard of the term called uh, don't, well, the adage called don't judge a book by its cover. Of course. Right? So like, with this game, we're basically going to flip it on its head and basically you're going to answer dope or trash. And I'm going to name a book and you just basically say whether it's dope or trash, just based right. on the name of it. So yeah, I'm yeah, going to run through some... So I'm going to run through some names, then then you answer dope or trash. Uh, first one, To Kill a Mockingbird. Dope. 1984. Dope, I've read that. Harry Potter <laughs> and the Philosopher's Stone. Ah, uh, trash. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Uh, uh, dope. You say that's trash, that's trash. <laughs> The Great Gatsby. The Great Gatsby. Uh, yeah. It's not my type of book. Trash. Pride and Prejudice. Nah, trash. The Book Thief. The Book Thief. Yeah. I'd say I'd say dope. Cool. Uh, Twilight series. The Twilight series. Nah, trash, man. The Da Vinci Code. Uh, yeah, no, I would say dope, dope. Eat That Frog. Oh, uh, boy, I, I have no idea. I'd say, I'd say dope. The Alchemist. Yeah, dope. Yeah, of course. And The Book of My Free Mind. Dope. That's probably the dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the dopest one there. Do you know, I'd, I'd buy that book. French, that French book. went from, from being a game host to the plug. <laughs> I like that. I would buy that book, you know. I'd buy that book. Yeah? yeah All right. I'm sure book. it's going to come out soon, man. Just let us know and we'll promote that, bro. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely, definitely. That's love. All right, cool. So one, one last question before we let you go. Um, yeah. What do you do that makes you happy? You know, gratitude for me is the biggest thing. Do you know what I mean? I think okay. we underrate the fact that, like, I wake up and I'm able to breathe. Some people died in their sleep last night. Mm. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Right. Some people died in their sleep last night. And I, I, know, I know sometimes with these questions, you want me, like, people expect these huge things, but it's the simple things that really does it for me. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. I'm fortunate. Yeah. We're all fortunate enough to wake up in the, in the, to have a bed to sleep on. You know what I mean? Like some people are still sleeping outside despite this pandemic. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like they don't have beds to sleep on. They don't have food. They don't have these things. So for me, it's a really small things. I'm I'm happy to wake up in the morning and I say thank you every single time I step out of my bed. Do you get what I'm saying? Because that's like if, if that weren't happening, even if I had anything to complain about, if I died in my sleep, I wouldn't be able to complain about it. So I'm actually privileged <laughs> to even be able to complain. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I really right. got to look at it from that point of view, and and that's that. It's a small and simple thing, but it's it's really effective and huge. <clears throat> so that's that's what it is for me. All right, cool, bro. Cool, cool, yeah. cool, man. Um, fellas, any any other additional questions before we let before we let the the sir go? No, no, I don't have any questions. 
Now, I was just going to say, if you want to shout out your, like, your, your, your plugs, your social plugs and that, and obviously yeah. big up Fully Booked. Yeah, of course, of course. No, big up to you guys 100% anyway. Like I said, this is my, my first podcast invitation that I've, I've, I've accepted, you know what I mean? So shout out to Fully Booked all the time. Um, social handles, My Free Minds, that's M-Y free, as in free you know, come out of jail type three. Uh, mind as an M Y N D my because it's my mind. Do you know what I mean? So my free mind. Um, uh, I, what do I, what do I have coming up next? I've got a transformational program coming through. It's um, in audio file, so that's to help people still harboring on sort of like the emotional trauma that they've experienced through breakups and their their love relationships and things like that. Um, just kind of getting them to to uh, direct their minds in a, in a certain place to kind of finally alleviate them from the pain that they may still feel that's kind of governing their life. So that's coming soon. Um, and that's it, man. And again, thank you guys for having me. Do you know thank what I mean? Um, yes. Thanks for, for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for being our first quarantine guest. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, love, man. Blessings, man. We know the audio quality wasn't always the best, but it's our first time and obviously we can't help what's going on outside. Um, oh, cool. me, remember to check us out Check us out on Instagram, SoundCloud, Twitter, all full underscore E underscore books. Facebook, full E books. That's full E with an E books. YouTube, full E dash books. And if you want to email us to be on the, be on the podcast or for any questions, it's fully booked at gmail.com. My free mind, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, much appreciated, man. Thank I enjoyed you. the show. Yes, King. Okay. Oh, that's love. Thank you, man. All right, we'll shout All right, take care, man. All right, love you.